Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. We'll continue tonight with discussions on the opening Anucheda from Paramatma Sandarbha dealing with Jivatattva. Basically, we find in the Paramatma Sandarbha three divisions. The first one dealing directly with Paramatma and his qualities and his specific relationship with the material cosmos, both in, both in its manifestation on the metacosmic, macrocosmic, and microcosmic level, Karna Dakshai Vishnu, Garbo Dakshai Vishnu, Kashira Dakshai Vishnu, also with his superintendence of the material nature, specifically the mode of goodness, as the primary guna avatar in charge of the mode of goodness. So this is the first part of the Paramatma Sandarbha, dealing with Paramatma specifically. And then the second part of the Paramatma Sandarbha deals with the nature of the jiva, jiva tattva. And the third part deals with uh, the material modes of material nature, material substance. So this section dealing with jiva tattva is explained in the commentary uh, in order to understand fully the creator. It's appropriate to understand the created. So that manifestation of the jiva, which is coming forth from Paramatma, is understood in that context as an expansion of Paramatma's shakti, marginal shakti, tatasta shakti. So the 19th Anucheda presents an overview for up through the 37th Anucheda. So an overview being that Jiva Goswami first quotes a verse from Padma Purana, giving a definition of the intrinsic, the inherent qualities, uh, Swarup Lakshana, of the Jiva, and those qualities being uh, provided in that verse from the Padma Purana, 18 of those qualities. And then there's three additional qualities mentioned in a similar verse from one of the followers of Ramanujacharya, Yamitri Muni, that are specific to the defining characteristics that Jiva Goswami wants to establish uh, as intrinsic to the Jiva, having a significance in relationship to uh, the misconceptions regarding the nature of the Jiva inherent in the Advaitavad philosophy. Uh, those three characteristics being uh, the fact that of knowership, of doership, and of experience. So this is the, these qualities, intrinsic qualities of the Jivatma are going to be elaborated upon 
starting with the uh, 20th Anucheta and going all the way through the 37th. Now, two of these, two of the qualities are dealt with in this first 19th Anucheta, and we'll circle around to those two when we get to the end of this commentary. We've been dealing with the commentary primarily in a very extensive manner because the commentary is really being put forth on behalf of Jiva Goswami, you could say. Jiva Goswami does not directly in this Paramatma Sandarbha present the opponent's viewpoint. So he doesn't present the Purvapaksha in general dis disclosure of Siddhanta. There is the opponent's viewpoint, uh, which is put forth. Then that viewpoint is countered by what you would like to put forth in your argument. And then you arrive at your Siddhanta or your conclusion regarding any philosophical or uh, theistic presentation. So this commentary, this extensive commentary, has given us some insight up to this point in the various thinking that was available at the time of Jiva Goswami's presenting his Paramatma Sandarbha or his Sandarbhas uh, regarding the nature of the Jiva or the Atma. And we went up, we went through all of them, ending with Advaita Vedanta. So we'll review Advaita Vedanta, then there'll be a, a short little summarization, and then Advaita Vedanta, which is looked at as the as the biggest roadblock to the execution of bhakti. We're going to go into that with a little bit more depth because, as we said, Jiva doesn't deal with it directly. He just presents the nature of the Jiva and its characteristics. So... Such a Narayan Das Babaji, whose commentary we're studying, uh, felt it appropriate to, to really dive into the misconceptions of Advaita Vad, or the conception of Brahman being the ultimate attainment uh, for the living entity, who really is Brahman. and is not distinct from Brahman. So that is the philosophy and that does not sit right uh, with our understanding, uh, the Vaishnav philosophy. So let's quickly review Advaita Vad. Advaita Vad proclaims that the Jiva is non-different from Brahman. Um, however, this identity with Brahman is realized only when the Jiva transcends the self-identification with its temporary phenomenal body-mind complex. So until you can throw off 
the body-mind complex, the concept that you are this body uh, and this mind, until you can throw that off, you, you're not going to be able to realize that really you're Brahman. <clears throat> the jiva is of the nature of consciousness, eternal, beginningless, and indestructible. But this reality is the truth of the jiva as Brahman and not as a separate and independent entity. Now there's different viewpoints from the Advaitin school of how Brahman becomes identified with the jiva. And we quickly went over that. Uh, the most prominent being of them being held that the jiva is Brahman either covered by, covered over, delimited by, or reflected in ignorance. So these are the, although there's differences in the Advaita Vod school regarding the nature of how you got to this distinguishing situation of not realizing that really you are Brahman. You are it. You are, you know, Tat Twamasi. You're non-different from the ultimate, and the ultimate is Brahman. That uncharacterizable substance that you really, well, we can't really describe it because to describe it would be to limit it, and to limit it is not possible because it's unlimited. So whenever you try to limit the nature of spirit, that in and of itself is, well, it shows that you're in ignorance, basically. That's Advaita Vod. So the philosophy is, is quite simply uh, that. Don't, don't try to f just realize it. Once you realize it, you'll get up the, give up the mixed conception. And up to the point of realization, you're Narayan, I'm Narayan, we're all Narayan. So we should be happy we're Narayan. And we're on the path to being merged in the supreme Narayanness of all of us. Just now coming. In his Brahma Sutra commentary, Sankar says... And the self is only the reflection of the higher Atma. So now just some discussion regarding this one idea of Pratibhimbavad. That we're reflected in ignorance. Somehow Brahman, that supreme light, is those particles of spirit have been reflected in ignorance. They're still part of the supreme Brahman, but you know, they're shooting into ignorance and they're becoming covered over. Uh, so this is one of the concepts. The other concept is that of, uh, I don't know if there's uh, Akasa. Akasa. That you're all, it's, all, it's like the sky. The big Brahman is like the all-pervading sky. And the sky can enter in to different pots. The sky is the same whether it's inside or outside of the pot. But when you're in the pot, you think you're the pot. 
so you think through the body. Now, if you do away with all the pots, then you're back in your unlimited Brahman sky. So this is one of the other cons one of the other ideas regarding. All these ideas center on the one one central point that it's all based upon ignorance. So ignorance is really what's covering. Now when that ignorance covers all the jivas together, we call that a swara. That's the combined Godhead. And when it covers individual particles of itself, so to speak, those the little particle being covered by ignorance, that's the jivatma. So we have the big and the small and one's and there's other ways that they look at it too. They look at it uh, as far as, as far as being um, that if that if the if Brahman is covered by just pure sattva, that's a swara, and it's covered by Rajas Thomas, then that's Jivapa or Rajas any mixture of the mixture of those. But in that idea that they have regarding the covering of Brahman, um, they apply the terminology of Sudasattva to the covering of Brahman, but it, that, that we call God, when he's covered purely by the material energy. When he's covered with a mixture of the gunas or passion or ignorance, we call that jiva. So understand the whole conception is based upon the fact that it's all an illusion. The three modes of material nature are covering, covering Brahman, which really can't be covered. But, well, if it can't be covered, how are we here? Well, let me, we're reflected here, or we're covered here, or we're all here, but we're in our individual, you know, individualized maya, and the process is just to realize that, to attain knowledge. Knowledge will defeat ignorance. Soon you will go from the, the darkness of ignorance to the light of Brahman, and that's the philosophy. Now, what they do do, what they do accept is they accept Shastra. Now, all the other philosophies that we've discussed here and all the other ideas regarding the nature of the Jivatma and the specific characteristics of those other philosophies they're all based upon logic. Now, what we have here with Advaitavad is it's based on illogical presentation of Shastra. We hate to say it, but Sankar, he had a specific thing to accomplish uh, in, in regards to his presentation. He had to bridge the gap from rejection of the Veda, which was done by Buddha, to, well, 
let's get the let's accept everything that Buddha said, but let's accept it by applying its principle of not nothingness, but let's take it over to somethingness and let's start to bridge the gap back to acceptance of scripture. So starting tonight, let's go over a summary of what was presented earlier. That's presented now, just the summary of, of the different philosophies and what their general ideas re were regarding the nature of the Atma, or in this instance, Jivatma. The above views, meaning all the above views that we've discussed, of the different schools may be summarized as follows. With the exception of Advaita Vedanta, all the other schools acknowledge a plurality of Atmas. So all the others, based on logic, accept that there's an individual Atma in every individualized living entity within the material manifestation. Nayaikas and Vaisisekas, Sankhyites and Yugas and Advaitavadis accept the Atma as all-pervading. They're everywhere. The Charvakas and Jains believe the Atma to be medium-sized as proportionate to the size of the body. So if you have an elephant, he has a big Atma. And if you have an ant, it has a little Atma. That is their philosophy regarding the size of the Atma. The other philosophies, the Atma is everywhere, uh, but individualized, all-pervading. Vaishnava Vedanta concludes that the Atma is atomic in size. How atomic? It's the smallest that you can get. It doesn't get any smaller than that. A comparison's given of one ten thousandth the tip of a hair. So that's the Vaishnava philosophy. Nayaikas and Vaisisikas accept agency in the Atma, meaning the Atma has the ability to perform while Sankhya and yoga schools claim that agency is in Prakriti. The Atma does nothing. Prakriti's doing everything. You're just observing it. Advaitavad avows that the Atma has agency only because of the external imposition of adjuncts or upadis in the conditional state. So the Advaitans they say that there is no real agency of Brahman, which is really the penultimate state of the Jivatma, free of Upadis. So if there's an Upadi or a reflection, if you're reflected into ignorance and think that you're a body and think that you're a person, then in that state of existence, you accept that you have the ability to perform acts. Otherwise, in your liberated condition, 
where there is no act. Brahman doesn't go anywhere. It's already everywhere. It doesn't do anything. It's already done everything. It's, it's that all-pervasive spiritual manifestation. It has nothing to accomplish. Why does it need to have an agency? It has nothing to experience. It's already experiencing everything. Well, I guess that's not the way to put it, but it's you, you get the point. Advaita Vedanta is the main obstacle to the path of bhakti because bhakti is not possible on the basis of the absolute identity between the jiva and Brahman. And this is Brahman, you know, the Advaita Vad. There's no distinction. Well, then there's no need for bhakti. Well, why do they do bhakti? Well, they basically do it to step on the to you. They utilize the scripture to do bhakti to attain their result. And as we were just discussing, as Guru Maharaj was just discussing in relationship to to uh, Sagun and Nirgun Nama, and then the discussion continued on top of Vivek a little bit. Um, there, it's very difficult that for them to even take that small advantage of bhakti, and and take advantage of that to attain Brahman realization without offending the Supreme Lord's form. It's very difficult. It not that it can't be done, Vishwanath speaks of it being done but it's because they experience the Lord's transcendental nature and then they unhook from it as Vishwanath says they unhook their mind from that concept the form of the Lord after experiencing the Lord and then you unhook it's inconceivable for us. It's it's something that we just can't imagine because our ideal and everything that's ingrained in us, all the all the impressions that come from this great association that we have in this life, make it impossible for us to even grasp that concept. How could you do that? But the fact of the matter is. In Shastra, there is the ability of Sayuja. So, and it's not just available to the demons. There is a course of action that you can take, you know, a sambandha, a conceptual orientation, a, a sadhana, a practice, and a, and a goal. And it's revealed in Shastra. So it's not that you can say that it's not available and it can't be attained. It's attainable. How? Well, it is. It just, it can be done. There are that class of men that want liberation in Brahman. What is it? Five? Five kind of liberation. Same planet, same bodily form direct association. What about Sayuja? Emerging into the form of the Lord. 
five kinds of liberation, mukti. Sayuja, Salokya, Samipya, Sarsti. So and that's not just the Brahma bodies? No. Maya bodies can attain that too? Not Maya bodies. Maya bodies cannot attain it. Did okay, I say so Maya bodies? So Maya bodies are not Dvaitans? Yes, they are. Oh. So there's Brahma bodies and there's Maya bodies. A Brahmavadi is properly following right. the scriptural injunction to attain Sayuja, merging right. into the form of the Supreme Lord, or in some cases merging into his effulgence. And there is a distinction between those two kind of attainments. But these hook-leg people are Brahmavadis. They're Brahmavadis. From the verse from the both Mayavadis. And, and Brahmavadis, their concept is to merge into the Supreme Brahman. The Mayavadis get it wrong. Yes, sir. I was just thinking, don't they? Some, don't some people call the Mayavadis Neo-Advaitins? Yes, yes, yeah. In other words, it's just a kind of made up. That terminology is not used in this presentation. Right. But yes, they do. So there's a right way to do it there is a right way or it wouldn't be presented in the Shastra and it wouldn't be an att a attainment of mukti but it is possible how to do it without offending the form of the Lord well Vishwanath does say in that commentary in the Bhagavatam where the hook like hook, unhooking the mind from the Lord's form is is presented that uh, in his commentary says there the bhava they experience is a bhava boss it's not truly a bhava. So now, just a quick overview of other ideas in this Advaitin concept regarding the nature of the, the intrinsic quality of the jivas. And uh, again, only to present the opponent's viewpoint so that when we go forward in the next and following Anuchetas to look at the specific intrinsic characteristics of the jiva, we'll see where these two philosophies do not mesh and we'll be able to understand the fallacies from our viewpoint of the Advaitin conception. So we, we touched upon the fact that their, their idea is that Brahman gets covered over or bottleized or whatever different concepts that they have by ignorance. Uh, some Advaitin scholars say that Maya has two divisions called Maya and Avidya. So these are just some of the ideas that were, were being given here. Uh, Maya is predominant in pure sattva, and avidya is in impure sattva. Brahman, reflected in maya, is called ishvara, and reflected in avidya is called jiva. So they make a distinction between maya and ignorance, some of them do, and the reflection of Brahman in maya, pure maya, is 
Ishvara and reflected in ignorance is Jiva. Ishvara is the supreme controller, the creator of the universe, and imminent in it. The Jiva is limited in knowledge and under the control of Ishvara. Some Advaitin scholars accept only one Jiva, while others accept a plurality. This idea came in later, after Sankaracharya. A question may be raised, that if Brahman is a self-luminous, conscious being, then how can it lose its luminosity? Moreover, if Brahman is untouched by anything and is indifferent, then how can it create the world? In, in response to this, Advaita Vedanta says that avidya has two potencies. So now another aspect of their presentation. Avidya, ignorance has two potencies. One is the potency of concealment, avaran shakti, that covers the real nature of an object. And the other is the potency of projection, viksepa shakti, that manifests various avastava or illusory forms. These potencies of maya have a beginningless relation with Brahman that has no agency. And one of the biggest things is the distinction between their philosophy and the proper Vedic concept is they don't accept that there's shaktis. That this are, so, the yeah, where did these two shaktis that produce the where did those come from? All of a sudden, well, Brahman has this ability to to throw or to cover. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> these potencies of Maya have a beginningless relationship with Brahman. Consequently. Consequently, the potency of concealment reveal, ve, I'm sorry, veils the chit, consciousness, an ananda bliss feature of Brahman. So Brahman has sat, chit, and ananda. Right? Now, when Brahman is thrown into the material energy, which comes from, well, it's ignorant, so it's not really there to begin with, it's just a lack of knowledge. There's Satchit and Ananda, but when Brahman is in relation to the material energy, the Ananda and the knowledge is covered over. Those aspects are covered. And the potency of projection manifests the phenomenal world appearance. The potency of concealment veils only the Chit and Ananda features of Brahman, and not the sap feature or the quality of existence. So there's still awareness of existing, but really your knowledge, your true knowledge of your Brahmanness, that you are it, that you are Tatwamasi, you are Brahman, that's covered over by ignorance. And therefore you can't enjoy the beingness of being Brahman, which does entail having some ananda. For this reason, the sat feature pervades all objects of the universe. They all exist. This is experienced by us as the table exists, the chair exists. But we do not experience the pervasion 
pervasion of Chit and Ananda in the objects of the material world. So the idea is given here of the, of the rope and the snake and how that whole concept of covering over the proper conception regarding the rope and throwing upon it the ignorant conception of it being a snake is comprehensively covered here. So there's they have a very, you know, they have a philosophy. They have a conception of how this comes about through these potencies, which Brahman that doesn't have potencies exhibits, how these potencies are exhibited in such a way as to illusion Brahman, which cannot really be illusioned, by ignorance. And they backed it with Shastra? They back it with what of Shastra? What did Sankar do? What was it? Faulty logic. Yes, they back it with faulty logic. They back it with their explanations of the specific verses that they want to use to put forth their conception. It was first defeated by Rama, uh, Ramanujacharya, then Madhvacharya, and then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So these three great stalwarts came forth and step by step tore this philosophy apart and defeated it. And the crown jewel of that defeat rests here in the Sandarbhas of Jiva Goswami. He's taken all of that and together presented what is the conclusion of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as encapsulated in writing by the Goswamis. Being the youngest, he had he had all their knowledge to, to draw upon all their presentations. And that's why the Sandarbhas are so important to, to this Sampradaya. There's a lengthy discussion here regarding the rope and the snake. There's a lengthy discussion here also, which I'll be glad to share with any of you if you want to read it and go into it in depth. I think if we were to go into it at the level and the depth of the commentator uh, and from to do it justice, we'd have to go through his commentary line by line and and unpack it. With the exception of Advaita Vad, all the schools described above based their theories primarily on logic. Among them, Advaita Vedanta is the only school that interprets Sabda, scriptural revelation, I be it wrongly to establish its theory of Atma. So, in concluding, what the commentator says is, because of this, we'll give credit where credit is due, that at least they, although faultily, accept Shastra as an evidence, well, they do it with their own misguided logic. They give a false interpretation to Shastra. 
Therefore, in concluding, he says, we will accept the Advaitins concept as the highest and and because and therefore we'll only deal with the defeat of it. And as we said at the end of the last class, why? Well, there's a logic to that. If you can defeat the most powerful wrestler, you, you've won it all. So in defeating Advaitavad, we defeat all the other misconceptions regarding the intrinsic qualities of the Jivatma. Um, I'll conclude with one quick line which, which the commentator brings out in regards to this whole logical refutation, refuting of these misconceptions. In Bhagavad Gita 2.25, Bhagavad Krishna includes transrational achinchatva as one of the characteristics of the Atma. In light of this, Sri Jiva adopts the second strat strategy to refute all the oppositional theories of the divorce schools. Although not stated explicitly, his main opponent is Advaitavad. There are two reasons for this. The first is that Advaitavad bases its theories on the same scriptures, scriptural revelation, Upanishads, Gita, Brahma Sutra. Thus it is necessary to point out the limitations and defects of Advaitavad interpretation in order to establish the real intent of scripture. The second reason is that Advaitavad has done an effective job of refuting the other schools, as we just mentioned. Consequently, if Advaitavad is refuted, all other views stand defeated. The commentary ends up with an outline of 21 different characteristics of intrinsic characteristics of the jiva that are put forth in those at the beginning of this in the actual Anacheda itself from the Padma Purana and from Jamatri Muni's commentary. So he's going to go through in these next Anachetas one by one those characteristics of the Jivatma, uh, giving evidence primarily from the Bhagavat Purana. So we, we, as we said, one would question why did Jiva start out explaining the, you know, when he said that the, the highest evidence you can use is, you know, the Bhagavat Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, if that's the highest evidence, then why would you use as your primary beginning definition of the qualities of the jiva, the Padma Purana, or this commentary, by, but he, he only used those to what? To define the characteristics. To substantiate the characteristics, he will be going to the Bhagavatam going forward. Are there any questions? So, bona fide Brahmavadis do not follow Shankaracharya. No, they couldn't because his misconceptions belittle, belittle the personality of Godhead. Right. So how could they have any success in offending the form of the Lord? So Brahmavadis would be like 
Shukadev before encountering the Bhagavatam? Or yes. The Kumaras? Yes. If they continued on that path and hadn't been exposed to Krishna in the, in the instance of the Kumaras and to the, the Leela of Krishna, as Sukadev Goswami was do, through Srila Vyasadev. So yes, they're, they're shining examples of a Jivan Mukta, somebody that's made it all the way and hasn't offended Krishna. Anything else? Thank you so much for your association.